This podcast is brought to you by Trend. Trend is a micro-influencer marketing platform that helps connect brands with influencers. Learn more, join our network, or start an influencer campaign at trend.io. Welcome back to the DTC pod, everybody. I'm your host, Jay, and I'm joined with the CEO of Trend, Ramon, and we've got a very special guest with us today, Ashton Marshall, who leads up affiliate for everything affiliate. He's the affiliate manager for Mindful Health, which oversees three companies that have a health and wellness focus. So Ashton, we're super excited to have you on the podcast over here. I know we're going to be just jamming on general DTC stuff. You were telling us before the episode started that you have some cool numbers to share. Excited to dive into all of that stuff. Um, But before we jump in, why don't you give the audience a quick little intro about yourself and uh, tell us a little bit more about what Mindful Health does. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you guys for having me. And I'm, I'm definitely happy to share, you know, my experience with Trend.io and basically, you know, my experience with you guys' team overall. So, yeah, just a little bit about me. Um, like Jay, you know, like you mentioned, I'm uh, the affiliate manager. I run Influencer. I run, you know, acquisitions for Mindful Health as well as quite a few independent clients as well. Um, and what the company, the, the company that we're focusing on today, Mindful Health, what we focus on is internal, external wellness all around. So we are a superfoods brand. We have products such as, you know, things like Cacao Bliss is our main product. We've got golden milk products. We've got a few supplements here and there. We've got collagen. So a holistic brand that is very into the whole earth-friendly, natural, organic type of direction as far as, you know, the type of, you know, customers that we're seeking and the type of brands that we work with are very holistic uh, from that standpoint. That's awesome. So I know you have a whole like portfolio of brands and I saw on the website there was three. I think you might have mentioned a few more than that. So maybe there's some uh, that aren't on there yet. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about the brands that you have. So how did Mindful Health really like start acquiring brands? Was that really like the focus? Did all the brands come in at the same time? Are you like Are you guys like working on adding more brands? Um, Just kind of dive into that story a little bit more for us. Yeah, certainly. So Mindful Health, we started about eight years ago. And realistically, we just started as an online digital book sales book under the Danette May brand. Danette May is our founder. She's the face of our brand um, and the COO for our company. She runs the company along with Craig Collins, um, who is the CEO of the company. But we're about 65 to 70 employees worldwide right now. But we did start very basic. You know, we started just selling a digital weight loss book on Facebook back when Facebook was the Wild West as far as, you know, <laughs> paid media and uh, traffic goes. So that's pretty much where we started. And as we grew, we, we had a lot of success as far as being one of the first to really excel in the affiliate space. Um, so we had a lot of success. So we slowly started to build out other brands. And the Earth Echo brand that, you know, we're kind of talking about today that brand specifically was actually called iRise Organic, which started years ago. And that was our, that basically became our superfood brand, which produced Cacao Bliss, which is our staple product that has basically taken our brands all the way up to that next level. With that product specifically was launched about three years ago. And ever since then, we've been able to get pretty aggressive about, you know, creating new brands. So underneath that brand, we have the Dineme brand, like I said. We've got Earth Echo Foods. Like I said, we have FitRise which are our three main brands. And now we're on a mission. We're basically going out and acquiring quite a few businesses that are very similar with brand alignment, brand vision, earth friendly, you know, giving back to mother nature because we view mother nature as our ultimate CEO. 
we're looking for brands like that that we're looking to acquire and basically do the exact same thing that we've done, you know, really tuck in those businesses under what we have with the Mindful Health brand. And since we're that full service marketing brand under the Mindful Health umbrella, we're able to really, you know, optimize and expand and grow and grow and grow and help those businesses that may be only monetizing on one form of traffic. You know, maybe they're just using media buying or maybe they're only using affiliates. We have the ability and the, you know, backing to be able to take those brands and bring them to the next level. Nice. So Ashton, as a marketer yourself, I, I was going to ask that. So you mentioned pay media and affiliate for some of those brands. So do you guys tailor, you know, does the strategy depend on the brand and the audience it has, or, you know, does affiliate seem to be, you know, the most successful channel that you guys double down on? And then one more thing to add to that question is I know, you know, you guys use trend, which lies more on the influencer side. And there's a lot of confusion between affiliate and influencers and how to leverage it. So I'm curious about that as well. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, we are fully optimized for email traffic. So with the way I like to categorize, you know, differentiate between the influencer and the affiliate is the affiliate is an email traffic kind of source. It could be also like a review site. It could be, you know, it could be a number of things, but affiliate generally encompasses, you know, email traffic, um, reviews, um, basically anything that has to do with that, or even like, you know, banners, clicking on banners that we can consider that some affiliates will put banners on the website. Whereas an influencer, we kind of differentiate it, and obviously industry-wide it might be different, but we differentiate it as somebody who's basically using their personal social audience. So whether that's a YouTube influencer, whether that's an Instagram influencer, whether that's a Pinterest page, we're basically doing direct broadcasting to their audience and basically judging the results based on the amount of clicks, the amount of reach they get, and the difference between that and like an email Affiliate is obviously you can gauge how much traffic you're going to be getting from email affiliate. You don't really know how much revenue or how much reach you're going to get with a uh, with an influencer, so to speak. For sure, that makes a lot of sense over there. So one thing I want to also talk about too is your overall marketing strategy. I mean, you mentioned that after acquiring these brands or starting new brands, your team has this playbook now to probably help grow these brands in in different places. So. Um, as someone who's been in that kind of like battlefield, um, what are some of the things that you've learned in terms of uh, growing brands, especially through an affiliate, some of the, the roadblocks that you've come across, how you've kind of solved for those? And um, I'm sure the audience could benefit from kind of knowing, like, what are some of those key plays that you're running now that are really helping to kickstart these brands? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say the biggest struggle that we see is it's human nature to want to stay in your lane once you have something that works and not necessarily try other things. So if I'm going into, let's say I'm going into an acquisition or something along those lines, and I see a business that is, you know, they're fully monetized, but only on media buying, i.e. Google AdSense, or let's say Mediavine is, you know, they have ads that are displaying on their website and, you know, they're organically getting a million hits per page. They may have an email list of 50,000 that they don't even know that they can tap into. They may not have any idea how to use that. They may have a social following, you know, that of 100,000 or 200,000, and they don't know they can capitalize on that. They don't know that they may have a, a recipe book or whatever type of book they may have or some type of physical asset that they don't even know how to capitalize on just because they don't understand the full scope. So when we want to do a takeover or let's say we do an investment or something along those lines, we want to basically understand what they're doing to monetize. And from there, we're also looking to 
insert ourselves in those areas that are not capitalizing and not monetizing. So like first thing we typically do is we want to check the leads, right? So we'll put an opt-in on their page. We'll pay out that website owner or that business owner maybe a dollar per lead and we'll check the lifetime value for their leads just to see their value, right? Second thing from there, let's say they have a 35,000 person email list that they haven't monetized. We'll slowly start to take over and start to warm that audience up. Therefore, when that audience is warmed up and start and is ready to start receiving offers on a regular basis, um, we can actually take the time to really dive in and understand and convert. And then at that point, once we see that they have the opportunity to give us a fair value, we can give them a fair valuation. That's when we can really go in and make a real decision of whether or not this is a brand that we can potentially work with in the future long term or not. Very cool. That makes a lot of sense over there. Um, and, and one thing, one follow up, I guess I had for the email strategy, especially for someone that might not be using their email list to their full advantage, what are kind of some of the suggestions that you have over there? So that way, they're not just sending emails out and they're going straight to the spam box. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Literability is such an issue right now. So I totally get that. It really just depends on the type of business behind the email list. So what I mean is that if you're like a regular, if you're a personality behind your email list, you take an approach much differently than if you're just an affiliate, a pure affiliate looking to sell products on an email list. At the end of the day, you need to create trust. And that's the only way, you know, people are going to buy from you. They only buy from, you know, people they know, love and trust. So if you're looking just to warm up an email, I'm, I'm, not, I'm definitely not an email list manager, but here's what I've seen work. If you're looking to really get in touch with your audience, you've got to generally begin to introduce yourself, begin to introduce your brand. If you've just been collecting leads and they're not expecting an email from you, the best way to get marketed spam is to send a mass email out with a bunch of offers that cost a hundred bucks, right? You've got to warm your audience up. So, and then there's quite a few strategies out there to do that, but that's definitely the number one thing I would say to, to focus on is definitely warming up the audience and making sure that they know where, where it's coming from and convincing them to mark you as a contact or, you know, there's, there's all kinds of different strategies we can get to, but that's definitely the number one thing I would say you, you got to start with. For sure. That's super helpful. And I, I love the personality piece you kind of added there. I feel like I'm seeing a lot more brands kind of own and, and create their own personality behind their brand, which is really cool. And it definitely creates a better sense of trust. Let's turn back to the uh, the fun stuff that you do, the affiliate and the influencer yeah. management. So uh, I know you've been on trend for a while and, and that's where you're doing, uh, I'm sure, a decent amount of your creator marketing, influencer marketing. So just kind of share with the audience like a little bit of your experience there and like um, especially for other people that might be interested in, in working with influencers or working with creators, what are some things that you've done that are helping to drive growth? How are creators playing into your growth? What kind of results are you seeing that you, obviously you're coming back for some reason? So just go ahead and uh, I'd love if you could dive into that a little bit more. So let me preface this by saying in the past, in the years that I've been doing this in the past, I've never had immense success with Instagram influencers. What I've had success with are YouTube micro-influencers and a few mega-influencers, but mainly YouTube micro-influencers. Getting Instagram to kick off has always been a challenge, so I'll preface this by saying that. So fast forward, I think, let's say six months ago is when I started using Trend.io. I was skeptical. You know, it was, it was one of those things where we tried it. We spent hundreds and thousands, if not millions of dollars, trying out Instagram influencers. So we was like, hey, you know, we'll start with a small budget. That first quarter, I think we started in August Q3 of last year. We invested about a grand and our return was about $8,367, right? So we're looking at about an 836% ROAS. So obviously you got my interest, but still being the skeptic marketer that I am, <laughs> I'm always going to say, hey, look, it might have been a fluke. 
Second quarter, we invest $3,500, we get $15,000 back, right? Q1 of this year, we've invested, we invested $4,315. And so far in Q1, we've got $51,194 back. Hmm. So overall, looking, exactly. So overall, you know, <laughs> an investment of maybe seven, eight grand, and we've gotten a total back of $75,000, which if you figure out a channel that does better than that, let me know. <laughs> because it's very hard to find. So that's why we keep on coming back. And, you know, it's one of those things where it, it, the numbers, it's not a fluke. The numbers don't lie. The numbers are there. They're solid. They keep on happening over and over again. It doesn't necessarily happen with every influencer. But if you, you know, you take your a small testing budget of three to five grand, it's almost, in my experience as well, at, you know, in my experience, it's almost guaranteed that you can get, you know, a couple hundred dollars row has back. And I don't want to speak for everybody, but that's just in my experience. Yeah, yeah, no, that's sure. music to our ears. Yeah. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. You know, makes me think, why don't we run our own brands here at Trend and use this internally? What am I doing? Right. But no, you know, we're, we're really passionate about what we're doing in the space in the sense that we truly operate as a marketplace and we try to even the playing field, you know, whether it's an SMB or an enterprise brand, um, we're trans- as transparent as can be with with our pricing and there's nothing really that changes there as well as using, you know, micro influencers, uh, which is kind of our focus. And as we go now into, you know, focusing on, on the side of content of, um, you know, not just influencers, as we realize that that's also a really valuable side of things, but I really appreciate you sharing that. And uh, so that being said, you know, what about in terms of the experience of actually utilizing the platform because you know it is possible to get results like that doing it manually but of course manually it's it's a huge you know challenge to source and and manage all of that manually is there a specific strategy that you now have when choosing trends influencers given that we have our own network and stuff there's dozens of you know influencer marketplaces out there you know we, we've we've tried them right. And, and we, it's the same thing, you know, the difference I would say with you guys with trend is I would say the vetting process is far more stringent because of the level of, you know, professionals that we're dealing with. Again, you can, we can go to any influencer marketplace and then get some, you know, influencer that, you know, takes pictures of themselves all day and has no real audience other than people looking at them for certain body parts or whatever it may be. Whereas with trend, the vetting process seems to filter out a lot of the, you know, those folks that aren't as lucrative, you know? So as far as the strategy goes with us, a lot of the work is done through the vetting process. Right. So if we have questions, if say, hey, look, if this is, this may be somebody that, you know, we're iffy about, we still have the ability to go and, you know, we can use our, you know, social blades and go do our manual. Look, we've got a whole team to do that. We do that still, but that's basically after we posted our, you know, our campaign. So, Let's say I post a campaign tomorrow. I may have 30 influencers come looking to, you know, run this campaign. And then I can choose basically out of the five or the 10 influencers I want to use. I can basically have my team go vet those influencers manually and then pick and choose that way. And, and again, that's where I think you guys stand out is the vetting process. We've just seen far more beneficial influencers. And again, I've been doing YouTube influencing for years and I can't seem to find, I haven't been able to find a really true place that has consistent influencers that actually get revenue back for us. And that's what it's all about as a, as a business owner. For sure. And that's, that's really awesome. I mean, I, I loved you diving into those numbers and kind of sharing that. Um, so I want to peel back a little bit more too. I know Ramon started to peel back a little bit. Um, but in terms of the actual strategy for, you know, working with creators, 
you've done a few different like runs with Trend now. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you trying to pick out some of the same creators to work with again? Um, is there anything in terms of, you know, the the caption that you're kind of, or the description that you're putting out there to these creators, um, like any sort of like points that you're having them hit on specifically that you think might be helping to drive results. Um, if you have anything there that you might be able to share with us. You know, as far as the strategy goes, well, first and foremost, we typically go, you know, our brand is centered around women 35 plus, 35 to 65 typically. And basically the analytics that Trend has gives us the opportunity to kind of see who we can basically filter out right off the bat. Um, And then from as far as delivering a campaign goes, it's pretty evident that the interface is pretty, you know, user friendly. So to be able to put a campaign out there, you know, we, we've got our copywriters that basically deliver the campaigns and put, you know, the target the type of influencers that we want. But um, the key points that we kind of seek, like I said, is really about the audience that we're seeking. It's really about influencers that are brand aligned with us. You know, we, we're, we're targeting people who are holistic. They, they believe in organic and earth friendly. Our packaging is 95% recycled. You know, we target influencers like that. So as we deliver our campaigns and as we are looking for influencers, those are key points. We don't want to work with you if you, you know, only got a following of 19 year old boys. We don't, and no, no offense to those, but we, you know, we don't want to work with that. So we put that all in our, our campaigns and, and it's again, the, the level of professionals that, that we're working with as far as the influencers go, we rarely see somebody trying to run a campaign that doesn't fit their audience. Very cool. That, that helps a lot and, and makes a lot of sense over there. Um, so let's talk about the, the content piece, which, uh, you know, we haven't uh, touched on as much. Um, so a big part of trend is, uh, you know, the ability to own the content rights. I'd be curious to hear, like, what do you and your team do with that content when you get it? Like, uh, does it go in just ads? Does it go on your emails? Like, are you throwing it on social? Um, where all are you utilizing the content and where are you seeing some places that maybe have uh, boosted some results that might've also been a little bit unexpected too? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we use the content almost anywhere. And, and to your point, being able to repurpose that content is very valuable because, you know, if you work with any type of agency it's typically you're going back and forth trying to fill out a contract, they're handing it to their lawyers who are tearing up your contract. You're bringing it back to your lawyers and trying to fix that content. It has never worked. So, Owning that content is very critical. So we've repurposed it across blogs on our Danette May site. We've uh, repurposed it on our uh, Facebook ads. In, in some cases, you know, in our video content, Most of, pretty much every single time we have an influencer tag us from Trend, we're reposting it on our The Danette May, which is our, um, our main Instagram. She's got about you know, 135,000 followers. But on our Facebook group as well, which is about you know, nearly nearing 2 million at this point, we're repurposing that content there. These content creators, especially the ones that are that we've seen the most success with, are along the lines. They they typically have you know something along the lines of like a blog, and they're professional photographers. And that content is very valuable because although we have an internal team, we all know how valuable content is. You know, to be able to get that content for essentially uh, what is it a hundred or two hundred bucks a, an influencer is invaluable. You know, it costs a thousand dollars just to get. A picture in some cases, a stream of pictures in some cases. So being able to have that content and utilizing it everywhere is um, is a very big deal. Are you interested in DTC and e-commerce content? Join Trends Exclusive Community for everything DTC, the DTCers community. We're talking marketing, product, growth, and more. All about DTC. 
Go to trend.io slash podcast. That's T-R-E-N-D dot I-O slash podcast and look for the Discord community link to claim your invite. We hope to see you on there. For sure. Um, and, and that's really cool. You know, uh, thanks for providing some examples over there as well. That's cool how you guys are using it on the blog and, and things like that. I'd love to talk a little bit about the Facebook group that you got over there. You just kind of like shoved it in a little bit, the two million, casu- very casually. Yeah, casual oh yeah, in our Facebook million. group with 2 million people. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Um, I don't know how much uh, time you're spending managing that community, but I'd love if you could share some kind of tips for how you've been able to generate a 2 million uh, person Facebook group? What are the things um, you're doing? Maybe not as much now because 2 million people, obviously there's probably a lot of content that they're creating on their own in there, but anything in terms of like community management or advice you have to offer in that sense? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I can't take credit for building that community because I certainly didn't. <laughs> but what I'll say is, is we do have a community manager who's phenomenal at basically the whole idea is this, any audience that you find you're looking to convert into a paying customer. Um, what we found with our Facebook group, we've got a, a premium coaching group of anywhere between, give or take, anywhere between ten and 20,000 you know, women um, within that typical age range that we look for that are paying anywhere between three and 5,000 just to be in that group. So that's one-on-one coaching with the net. That's um, in some cases to the higher paying ones. And so with that community, those are the most dedicated fans of the net may. So in that community, we find those, you know, we find very, very valuable customers and it's all been organic. You know, we haven't paid for any of these people. We haven't done any campaign towards that. We just, again, we are very big on finding people who will believe in the brand and organically letting them come on board. You know, even down to our email list, our email list is exclusively 100% paying customers that have purchased before. And it's a massive email list. We're not Talking, we're not doing opt-ins on websites and, you know, trying to drive until recently, trying to drive any freebie seekers and things like that. It's literally all buyers. So being able to have that Facebook group has been a massive asset. And, you know, we're able to generate quite a bit of revenue from it. But again, it's more, it's one of those things where the way we give back is not by giving them too many offers for them to pay for and to try to sell to them. It's mainly just to have a community of people that are in belief of, have the same beliefs that we have. That's awesome. That's very cool. And what kind of, uh, just to kind of share for the audience as well, um, what kind of content do you typically see in that group or anything probably now, you know, more so I'm sure everyone's, like I said, creating the content, the users that you have in the group, but is there any sort of like conversation that's being driven? Like, what is that conversation about? Um, and I think that would be a little bit helpful as well. Like, is it just help people posting about like health and wellness, um, like what they're doing in their own personal lives. Like, are they mixing in the product? Like, um, what are those kinds of things that people are talking about there? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we run a lot of challenges, um, in that group specifically. So a lot of it has to do, yeah, you're right. Results based, but a lot of it has to do with mindset and mindfulness as well. Um, a big part of our brand is, you know, meditation, mindfulness, thinking about the future, thinking about healing and, you know, the, the whole shebang. So, a lot of the conversation that goes on there are, again, a community of women that are supporting each other in a way that helps them grow. So it's not just about selling our supplements or selling a program. It's them challenging each other. It's, it's them, you know, talk, pushing themselves at day 15 of a 30-day challenge, pushing each other at day 15 of a 30-day challenge to be able to finish through those challenges because they're not easy. So um, that's pretty much what we see as far as conversations go. And then, of course, a lot of them feel so comfortable that, you know, they're expressing a lot of personal stuff. Again, going back to the conversation about 
creating that sequence, you know, back at, with the, when I was talking about the emails, creating that sequence and, and really giving people an understanding of who you are as a brand. They've been doing that for, you know, seven, eight years now. So they feel so comfortable in the space now that they're literally talking about anything from their personal lives to, you know, their, their kids to their, their work situation to how COVID has affected them, the whole nine yards. So you'll see a variety of different kind of things, not a whole lot of selling going on there, but a lot of motivation, a lot of pushing from within the community. And then we moderate as we see it, you know, from day to day and week to week. Yeah, it seems like like uh, the community now, you know, gets value from holding each other accountable and kind of being an accountability source. And, you know, so for that reason, you guys probably have become a super trusted source for them. Oh, yeah, I would say so. Definitely. We've got some, like I said, we've got some, you know, quite a few people paying, you know, three to five thousand, if not more, just willingly, just because they want to be a part of the community. And, you know, we admire that. We love that. That's awesome. That's that's really cool over there. Um, so, you know, I, I know we've talked about a lot of different things over here. Any other tips that you want to throw in there for the affiliate or, or influencer space or anything that you've tried and tested um, that you think might be beneficial for anyone listening to be able to implement on their own as well? Yeah, I mean, aside from Trend.io. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely would say this, you know, there's a lot of opportunity with regardless of, you know, whether you failed or not it's not worth giving up on or judging a a channel by one or two or even five experiences. Keep on trying. There's going to be a service out there that is very beneficial. At this point, I'd say about 15% of our revenue that we drive is coming from Trend.io as far as influencer revenue goes. And the other 85% is typically coming from YouTube influencers. But again, having those stats that you know we're anticipating an extra maybe half a million to a million a year from Trend.io as you guys ramp up, as you guys grow. So yeah, don't not giving up on a few failed attempts and trying out something that maybe outside of the norm might be a little bit different it has has where we found the most success, especially with this particular channel. I mean, we're even looking at expanding into like you know Snapchat. We're looking to expand into Twitch. I think it's what it's called. Yeah, Twitch. We're, we're looking to basically put our hands into all kinds of other things. So. Looking forward to seeing how you guys, you know, adapt and pivot to the environment and see what else you, what kind of influencers you guys bring on as well. Very cool. Well, um, you know, if, if those numbers continue to keep going up, you're definitely going to have to keep updating us and let us know. Keep us in the loop on that one. Absolutely. (laughs) Awesome. Um, well, Ashton, it was really great having you on the podcast over here. I think I'm out of questions over here. Ramon, is there anything, uh, you wanted to add before we signed off? Well, just the fact that, you know, um, just hearing from you that, you know, that's only 15% of your influencer marketing revenue that, you know, there is so much room for growth as the space continues to growth, but there is a lot of room for things uh, that we can do internally and, and we're working on. So, you know, as you know, trend started with, with Instagram influencers and we're now building a whole side of TikTok and into YouTube as well. So uh, it's just the first hitting and, you know, uh, I'm glad you shared as well that don't be feel let down if, you know, you had a bad influencer campaign or something like that, because that's something we've had to deal with that typically, you know, you're not going to get it right on your first shot. So people sometimes, you know, miss out on the opportunities that, you know, they could be having if they were just to be more open-minded and give it another shot in a more optimistic way. Um, so, you know, again, thank you for the time and for sharing all of that with our audience. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Really looking forward to seeing what you guys do with YouTube and TikTok. We'll uh, definitely capitalize on that. That's music to my ears. 
<laughs> awesome, Ashton. Well, thank you again so much for coming on the podcast. We really enjoyed talking with you about affiliate stuff, influencer stuff, email. We did um, a little bit of community building as well. It was really great. Before we go ahead and, and wrap up over here, um, I want to throw the mic back to you one last time. What's next for Mindful Health? And uh, where can people learn more about all the brands that you guys offer? Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, next in line, you know, we've really launched this acquisition program. So we're looking to, you know, acquire businesses. So if you're looking to, you know, make an exit or you're looking for investment capital to grow your health and wellness based brand, uh, feel free to email me at ashton.marshall at mindfulhealthlife.com. Anybody can learn, you know, type into Net Man Google, you'll find a million things on there. But if you want to learn more about our products, go to earthechofoods.com as well as thedanetmay.com. And you can pretty much find out pretty much anything you're looking to, to understand about the brand, try out some products. And um, yeah, email me directly. I'd be happy to you know, help you out. If you want to work together as an affiliate or a partner, feel free to shoot me an email and we'll, uh, we'll get something going. Awesome, Ashton. Well, we'll make sure and include that information over there in the show notes for anyone that's interested. Thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. This was another great episode. Hopefully the audience listening out there gained something really valuable. I know I personally did. I'm sure Ramon feels the same. If you enjoyed this episode of the DTC pod, feel free to drop us a quick rating and subscribe to the podcast and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Ashton. Thanks guys.